The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Take your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 4 this morning. Galatians chapter 4. Now I realize this is a difficult chapel. It's the last one. You got finals next week. Some of you are in desperation mode. Projects to finish, papers to write, all types of things going on probably through the weekend and then heading into finals next week. And uh, so there's a lot on your mind as I get up to preach the Word of God this morning, but I pray you'll allow your mind to clear and your heart to be attentive and see something from Scripture be beneficial to you, just not today, but uh, for your entire life. And so let's look at Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1. We're going to focus on verse 4 for the next few minutes, verse 4 this morning. Uh, we'll read verses 1 through 5, and then verse 4 is going to be where we're going to preach from. And uh, I don't have an outline. Uh, I don't have points. It's just verse 4. And we're going to talk and walk through verse 4 and, uh, and see what the Lord has for us this morning. The message is entitled, Are You Allowing Him? Are You Allowing Jesus Christ to Change You? So let's read Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you again this morning in this last chapel. I pray as we've opened the Word of God, as we study the Word of God this morning. As I said, there's a lot vying for our attention, but I pray we'd focus in, put our phones down, open our hearts and our mind to see what you have for us. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's the Christmas season. Amen. We're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, often preached in messages. It's the greatest gift that's ever been given, the gift of eternal life. But I want you to understand this morning that as I pray you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray you're not sitting there as a holdout. I'm just not going to get saved. I pray that you are saved and you know Christ as your Savior and that you have received the gift of eternal life. But understand this morning that it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Let's use these poinsettias here this morning as a point of reference. Over here, this poinsettia represents, let's say, the the moment you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This was the day you got saved. You received the gift of eternal life. And because you received the gift of eternal life, your sins are forgiven, and you're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Now, this poinsettia over here, this represents the day you get to go spend eternity with Jesus Christ, all right? Now, none of us looking forward to that at this time, amen? But this salvation day, the day I experience eternal life. So we have this big space in between. And the purpose of this illustration is that space from the day you got saved to the day you go to Christ is your life here on earth, your life here on earth. And Jesus Christ didn't save us to make us miserable. Jesus didn't save us to, so that we could miss out on life. The Bible says that we got saved and that he wants to give you life more abundantly. And some of you may be sitting there going, well, I'm still waiting for the abundance to show up. Well, maybe 
The reason the abundance hasn't shown up is because you're hindering the abundance. And there's a great truth in this verse this morning. It's a simple truth. And if you'll let your heart and mind wrap around it, it will change your life each and every day. Look at verse 4 once again. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Now, we realize life can get complicated and life can get confusing and life is challenging and there's all types of things that come our way each and every day. And salvation does not negate trials and troubles and tribulations and sorrow in our life, but we're able to handle those as they come our way because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because of who lives within us. We have a peace that does pass understanding. We have a God who can give us rest. And so we read the Bible, we study the Bible, we sit in church, we sit in chapel, we sit in Bible classes, we have personal devotion time, and we open the Word of God, and we study the Word of God, we read the Word of God. But do you believe, first you've got to ask yourself, do I believe in the authority of the Scriptures? Do I allow the Scriptures to have authority in my life? At the beginning of the semester, we preached from Micah chapter 1, and we said, let the Word of God be against you. Let the Word of God correct you. And you'll only allow that if you believe in the authority of the Scriptures and the authority that the Scriptures have in your life. In chapter 1, verse 4, there's two things I want you to notice in this verse. You'll see that Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins and that he gave himself to deliver us from this present evil world. He died for our sins, as the ladies just sung, so that God could forgive you and I of all our sins and so that we could spend eternity with Jesus Christ. But he also died for our sins so he could empower and enable you and I to stop sinning. Listen, we, you and I know we're not saved by works, but we know that he saved us so that he can do a work through us. Listen, so that our works change, our actions change, our attitudes change, our words change as we allow him to work through us. Galatians is a very interesting book, and we're not going to obviously preach the entire book this morning, but Galatians is written so that people who are walking in the flesh are transformed to people who are walking in the Spirit, to save them and make them Christ-like. A change, transformed conduct should take place in our life. Now, I'm going to ask you a question this morning. We begin to talk about being conformed to Christ, living a righteous life, living a holy life. As saved believers bound for eternity with Jesus Christ, why are we afraid of holy living? Why are we afraid of righteous living? Why are we afraid of truly being identified, considered set apart to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died on Calvary's tree for all our sins, for all our wickedness, for all our evilness. He died and shed his blood for you and I. And we're thankful for the day we got saved. Hey, I'm saved. Check that off. I'm headed on to heaven with Jesus Christ. Oh, no, no, no. You got all this right here. He, not, he just didn't save you for eternity, but he saved you to deliver you from this present, listen to the wording of the Bible, evil world. Have you ever asked yourself, what does that even mean to deliver me from this present evil world? Well, we're going to look at that this morning. Notice in verse 1, just for a moment, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's not what it says. It says, Paul, an apostle. Not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Notice that phrase, who raised him from the dead. We're talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you look at the one who died on Calvary's tree for your sins and mine was buried and arose the third day, who should be the supreme authority in our lives? One who rose from the dead? 
or one who died and was never heard from again? Who should be the supreme authority in our lives? One who conquered death or one who was conquered by death? Surely the Lord Jesus Christ, by virtue of his resurrection, should have the greater voice among the saints, the greater voice among you and I this morning. You know, hearken, we should listen, hearken and obey the one who accomplished what we're hoping for, life beyond the grave, eternity with Jesus Christ. I I must ask you this morning, who has the greater voice in your mind and heart this morning? Is it Jesus Christ? Is it someone else? Is it something else? Verse 4, we had sins that needed to be paid for. That's correct, amen? We had sins that needed to be paid for, and only Christ could do that for you and I. I could not pay for my own sins. You could not pay for your own sins. Our parents could not pay for our sins. Our family, our friends could not pay for our sins. Because we're all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none good. No, not one. So Jesus Christ, the one without sin, voluntarily gave himself up to atone for our sins, to pay our sin debt. Then the second part of verse 4, it says to deliver us from this present evil world. So if you're saved, he did this so that we could be delivered from this world system in which we live. And we all know that it is inherently and intrinsically evil. It's, it's a wicked world we live in. Luke 11, verse 13, tells us that men are evil. Mark 7, 21 and 22, tells us their hearts are evil. Ephesians 2, 1 through 4, tells us that man's nature is evil. The verse we're in this morning tells us the world is evil. And 2 Corinthians 4, and verse 4, tells us their God is evil. Listen, the world was evil when Jesus Christ walked on this earth. It was evil when he was here. And if you find yourself presently in the world and I pray you do, the world is evil. Christ did not save you and I. He did not save you to take you out of this present place you are are in, but to deliver you from the present evil world. Evil means depravity, corruption of heart, disposition to commit wickedness. That's what he he wants to deliver you and I from, from the present evil world. When saved, you're saved from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. Now, here's the big problem in in Christian land, or however you want to phrase it. We're all glad to be saved, but we really do doubt that we've been saved from the power of sin. And that's our struggle in our Christian life, is it not? It's what you're struggling with right now. We doubt the victory or the power over sin because we're still bound by the ways of this present evil world. Unless that brings confusion to our thoughts and to our heart. Listen, the power of God is not so that the world will change, so it will be easy for you and I to live the life he wants us to live. The power of God is that a greater power than the world takes control of you and that Christ can walk, walk, and like Christ, you and I can walk through this world without committing the sins this world is wrapped up in. Let me ask you this morning, what are you wrapped up in this morning? What sin has you? What sin have you allowed to have you? What are you bound up by this morning? What are you struggling with this morning? Listen, I'm not taken out of this present evil world. I'm delivered. We are delivered from this present evil world. Jesus did not save you so you could conform his church to the image of the world. He saved you and I so he could conform you and I to the image of Jesus Christ. Let's pause with that thought. Why is that a despised truth among God's people? Why does it 
bother us? Why do we resist being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? He's the one who died on Calvary's tree for your sins and mine. He's the one who gives you the ability to live in this present evil world. He's the one that gives you the ability to be victorious, to have victory in your life. The preacher of the church is to counter the present evil world, not to conform to it. You and I should stand as saved and rescued, shouting that Jesus Christ is the answer. Hey, we're to be a light in a dark place. We're to be salty. You've heard these things. Christ died to completely transform your life by the very power that raised him from the dead. Why do we shy away from that? Why are we embarrassed to live for Jesus Christ? Why are we uh, embarrassed to be considered different or to look different? He says, be ye holy as I am holy. We're thankful that he has the power to save our soul, but we, we need to be thankful this morning that he has the power to change our life. Be honest with yourself this morning. You already know what needs to be changed. What would you like changed? Then let him change it. Your biggest hurdle may be you need to change your friend group. That's what's holding you back. That's the peer pressure you can't get away from. That's why you can't be successful in your walk with Christ. But then the devil comes along and lies to us, doesn't he? Well, if you break away from them, you'll have no friends. That's a lie. There are people out here who want to do right, live right, want to be encouraged in the things of Christ, and they want to encourage you in the things of Christ. Well, yeah, I know those people, they're weirdos. No, they're not. There's your problem. Can't be a weirdo for Jesus? But may I say that Jesus didn't call us to be weirdos. It's the world that labels, comes with those labels. What needs to change so you can have this in your life this morning? I'm thankful Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners. Amen. That's what we're rejoicing. He was born to die on Calvary's tree for your sins and mine. But I'm also thankful that Jesus Christ came into the world to change the sinners who have trusted him. Change us to stop doing flesh things and to start doing spirit things. I mean, who can find fault with the fruit of the spirit? I tell you what, that guy's just, he's just so disgustingly long-suffering. She's just so meek, makes me sick. He's so full of joy, I can't stand it. How do you speak against the fruit of the Spirit? Amen? That's what we're to be producing in our life. That's what he wants to produce in us, is the fruit of the Spirit. Saved us from the flesh, wrote a book to deliver us from the world. He gave us a book to help change us. He didn't give us the book to embarrass us, humiliate us. He gave us this to change us. This morning, you have the Word of God. You have the truth, but let me just give you a little cliche saying, you have the truth, but does, but does the truth have you? Does the truth have you? He died for our sins and to deliver us from our sins. This letter is not about what Jesus did for you one time when you trusted him, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I placed my faith in him. I confessed I was a sinner in need of a savior. This letter is not about what Jesus did for you one time for your salvation, but what God is going to continually do in your life now that you've trusted Jesus Christ for your salvation. If you would, hold your place in Galatians and flip over to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Let's look at a couple verses there. Tie these two verses together and hopefully you'll see a great truth this morning. Titus chapter 2. We'll begin looking at verse 11. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Aren't you glad Jesus died for everybody? I was weak. Wake up out there. Are you glad Jesus Christ died for everybody? Amen. 
He, hey, he appeared to all men. I'm thankful for the night I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm thankful for the day my dad got saved. I'm thankful for uh, my family members that are saved and the, and the day my, my sons got saved. Hey, it appeared to all men. And notice verse 12, teaching us, now verse 12 is key, listen to it, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly present and godly in this present, what's it say next? World, present world. What's missing? Evil. He didn't say that we may live in this present evil world. He says that we may live in this present world. Isn't that interesting? If you let the Lord have his way, the present evil world for his children becomes the present world. I go to live, I get to live in this present world and it's not evil because Jesus Christ who saved me has delivered me from participation in the lust, in the evil, in the ungodliness, in the violence, in the crime, and name whatever you want to name there. He has delivered me from that participation. So he hasn't changed the world. What he has done is he has changed us in the world. Look at verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So how does that happen? Look at verse 14, who gave himself for us, amen, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Listen, that's the cross. That's where he died on Calvary's tree for your sins and mine and paid the, paid the price for our sin debt. That's Galatians 1, verse 4, part A. And then notice the next phrase. So redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself. That's Galatians 1, 4, part B, to deliver us from this evil, present evil world and purify unto himself a peculiar people. The word purify there means to make pure or clear. It's a process to free from guilt or the defilement of sin. So he redeems us from all iniquity. He's, he wants to purify us unto himself. And it says a peculiar people. Now we see the word peculiar and immediately think, yeah, it means I have to be strange and weird and people are gonna make fun of me if I live for it. it does. That's not what the word peculiar means. It doesn't mean that at all. Peculiar means that you are set aside for him. You belong to him. You exclusively belong to him, Jesus Christ. Exclusive property, that which belongs to a person in exclusion of others. Listen, do you exclusively belong to Jesus Christ this morning? So I'm saying, that's not what I asked you. Do you exclusively belong to him this morning? He redeemed us. He wants to purify us, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. What works? The works that he would have us to do. See, Galatians 1, verses 3 and 4, I want you to get all of God's will, not just the salvation part. I want you to get delivered, to deliver us from this present evil world. It's God's will that saved people be delivered from the world. It's God's will that saved people be delivered from the world in which they are present. It's an everyday process. What are you bound up in this morning? The present evil world. Aren't you glad that in Christ, I can get up this morning, you can get up this morning, and I don't have to be wrapped up in anger, malice, bitterness, guilt. Amen? I don't have to be wrapped up in, you can fill the blank. I mean, I can name the big words of the big sins that we think about. I'm just talking about the things this world has, the evilness of this world. I'm not wrapped up in that. And to be absolutely honest with you, if we were all allowing him to do what he wants to do in you and I, this campus would be a little slice of heaven. This, this campus should be 
the present world. Amen. Your church is the present world. Your family life should be the present world. Because he's delivered us from the evil of this world. He hasn't changed the world. He's changed us. He's changing us. Now, we're flesh, amen. I don't have time to preach on that this morning. Galatians, next chapter, Galatians 2, 19, 20, two great verses to go with verse four, chapter one. But he's delivered us from this present evil world that we might live in this present world. We shouldn't have drama, trauma, gossip, amen, amen. He's delivered us from it. But you have to allow him to let him deliver you from it. Because what he has is so much better. I mean, we've got people who hang on to stuff, don't they? I just want to hang on to my drama. No, let it go, please. Save us all. Let it go. Let go of that bitterness. It's robbing you of what he has for you. And we get a little afraid because some of us have never experienced that. We've never experienced fully letting Christ have control of our life. But I'll tell you, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll keep coming back. You'll keep coming back. It is God's will, not that we make the world stop being evil, but that we allow the power of God within us to prevent us from being evil like the world we live in. We are to be a salt. We are to be salt. We are to be light. We are to be delivered. We are to be exclusively his and living for him and enjoying everything he has for us to enjoy on this side of eternity. Listen, we can't, I want you to listen. I've got a couple closing phrases. We can't stop the world from being evil. Is that true? Amen. Okay. We can't stop the world from being evil. And yet every single day, another Christian allows the world to make them cease from being righteous. We can't stop the world, but boy, do we let the world stop us. The world won't budge for Christians, but sad to say, we'll budge for the world. Quit budging. Stand strong. The Holy Spirit wants to make you, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 58, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's what the Lord wants to do. Remember the baptism service we had Wednesday night? Amen. It's where we get to clap. Amen. Saw all those souls that said, hey, that baptism is a picture. It's a representation. I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I knew I was a sinner. I accepted that I was a sinner. I admit that I was a sinner. I asked the Lord to forgive me and to save me. And so I stand before the church tonight giving testimony to the fact that I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And in the baptismal service, and as you baptize somebody, there's the phrase, you know the phrase, raised to walk in the what? Newness of life. Raised to walk in the newness of life. Some of you have enjoyed the newness of walking in the newness of that life and then you've stumbled. You've got wrapped up in some things of this world. You've let some sin get a hold of you. And it's you, you let it. It didn't just jump on you and take you. You know, well, let's get back. As we go into the year 2023, great challenge from Dr. Ansball yesterday. We should always walk away from Christ differently. Amen. But as you go into the year 2023, why don't you let him, Christ, get a hold of you? And walk and enjoy. Walk in the newness of life each and every day. And come back here in January. Now, if you're graduating, don't come back. We understand. But for those of you that are returning, I'm looking forward to what this campus could be in January 
when we all come back walking in the newness of life, rejoicing in the fact, understanding the fact that Jesus Christ has delivered us from this present evil world and we can come back here and enjoy being what he would have us to be in this present world. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.